0: Hey fam, we are so excited to share episode one of our six-part coverage of Oxygen's The Disappearance of Natalie Holloway. The series tells the story of 18-year-old Natalie Holloway, who made international news in 2005 when she vanished in Aruba at the end of a high school graduation trip. In the series, we follow her dad, Dave Holloway, and a private detective as they return to Aruba to try to figure out what happened to Natalie. All six episodes are available right now and ad-free on our Patreon feed. That's where you can also find our episode by episode coverage of the Tiger King, Don't F with Cats, The Jinx, Making a Murderer, and so many more. It's over 140 ad-free full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. Head to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website and click the Patreon link. Alright, you guys, enjoy the episode. I don't know how to I t- I don't know how to tell you this.
1: Oh
2: god. What is it?
0: Aruba's the new Portugal. I'm never going there. Aruba is the most dangerous place on earth. I put Portugal behind it.
2: Yeah, it doesn't look great for Aruba.
0: No. Welcome to the welcome,
2: welcome to the Pates. Oh, God. What are we talking about, girl? We're talking about the disappearance of Natalie Holloway, episode one, new lead.
0: I've really wanted to do this for a long time. It's been on the Pates list for like a, a, a year. A really long time. Yeah. yeah. I thought she disappeared off a cruise ship. I was disabused of that notion.
2: I think you told me that on the air. Yeah. You know our policy. Once we started doing this, we stopped looking into every true Totally. We so we're learning about it. And As we go. Oh, you guys, it's all bad. Yeah. It's all really horrible.
0: Speaking of really bad, it gets bad. But it. this whole thing opens with, like, a whole bunch of on-screen text over what looks like a really poorly made, like, replica of a beach and a lighthouse. Mm. And I just wrote, oxygen, girl? Are we out of money?
2: Oxygen, are you okay, sweetheart? (laughs) What's
0: happening over there, you guys?
2: (laughs) Are okay? All right, all right, I'll pour the cocktails. Come over and let's talk about it.
0: So... Here's this we get a lot of on-screen text right at the top. So, here's what we know.
2: Yeah, this is a big coming up on yeah. the the
0: the series as a whole. There's
2: like a whole thing. I'm like, should the notes happen yet right, or are we I just
0: know.
2: is this just a really big summary of what we're about to sit through for the next 6 hours?
0: So, on May 30th, 2005, 18-year-old Natalie Holloway. She spells it N A T A L E E. I've yeah. never seen that before. I have. Have you? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Wow. Great. Are we? Should I go? I mean, fine. Natalie Holloway disappeared off the island of Aruba. Despite numerous leads, no charges have ever been made in connection with her disappearance. That's weird because I definitely know who did it after this one episode.
2: Uh, no question (laughs) in my mind. Super what? Husband Mike knows who it is. I was like, "Oh, we're doing the Natalie Holloway thing," and he goes, "Oh, that's Van der Sloot, right? right? He totally did it." Super Husband Mike, you just like, wow, didn't I think you love can get it. It even get any hotter.
0: So, twelve years later, her dad, Dave Holloway, continues to search for the truth. I want to go on record. I really like Dave.
2: I like him too. I like him too. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when we just start, and I, I haven't know. watched the entire series, right?
0: Because you're like, "Oh God," you know who did this to you? Leslie Abramson did I this can't to even you. Talk
2: about I it. I know. <laughs> I'm really upset. But, and D- Dave's like her dad Like Dave has to be good forever, I gotta tell
0: right? you Like so this is Oxygen We've been told Like little birds have told us That like big wigs at Oxygen Sometimes listen to us When we do these Oh uh, hi Hi you guys I love an Oxygen documentary You do uh, This was a little bit more Heartstringy for me Than I thought it was gonna be The whole idea of like Losing a daughter Of course like And not even just like Losing a daughter to the death But like losing a daughter In a way where you don't Really know where she is
2: Right that 12 years later You have to go through This heartbreaking process Of yeah. what Dave is going through
3: It's fucking horrible Yeah. Yeah, and he says as much. He's like... I never dreamed that 12 years and we still have nothing until now.
0: Until now. So the whole setup of this episode is that there's new information.
2: Right. That's why... Oxygen made the series because yeah. there's like new new shit has come to light, as they say in Lebowski.
0: Are we ready for more on-screen text? Should we put some cool music under it? Yeah. Okay, let's I get the music. Love a good cool music bed. Wait, what do you think about this? What do you think about this song? Um. Something different. Yeah. What about this?
2: Oh, see, see. Now you're speaking my language
0: here. <laughs> so. That. March 26, 2017, private investigator TJ Ward questions John Ludwig. I
2: just have, who is John Ludwig? <laughs> I immediately regret asking. Well, I don't let me like tell you. John
0: Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig claims to have new information about the details of Natalie's remains. This information could finally provide the answers to questions the Holloway family has been asking for 12 years. If confirmed, this could lead to the conviction and justice for Natalie. And then I just wrote, okay, I am so fucking sick of typing. When is this on-screen test going to stop? Let's go. Oh my my god you know
2: what What? that's on us though be careful what we wish for how many times are we like a little clarity some on-screen text never hurt anybody
0: (laughs) you're right you know you're absolutely right all right so we're finally in the actual episode right and we're with natalie's dad and of course like we learned that natalie was a great
3: kid you couldn't ask for a better kid than natalie she was my firstborn always respectful straight a student and just one of those model kids.
0: The last time he saw her was at her high school graduation. Right, because she was in Aruba for this big class trip. So that
2: was, I mean, it was like right after high school graduation. Yeah. And we learn that um, Dave is married to Robin, who's his wife. Yes. And we learn Beth is Natalie's mother and his ex-wife.
3: So then the dad tells us. Sometime in, I guess, February 2005, Natalie called me and said, Dad, I need you to pay half of my trip to Aruba. To which I wrote, I'm assuming she said please.
2: Yeah, he writes the check right away.
3: Look, I am really working
0: on the boundaries with Daisy. Yeah. You don't you don't say please. You don't get to go to Aruba, Daisy.
2: Yeah. I didn't grow up like this. Yeah. In this kind of high school. I went to a very, very, very small high school on the upper side of Manhattan. So the the idea of this like 100 kids going on a trip after graduation. And it felt to me like it was kind of expected. Like, Dad, you pay for half of the Aruba trip that uh-huh. everyone in the world is going on. But like, can't you say please? No, no. For, uh, no, no, no. You say please. You, you may. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Dad, so... You're the most polite person I know. You're arguing against, please?
2: I'm not arguing against... Wait, (laughs) let me be clear. Please, for sure. So, but I get the sense, like, did you grow up, like, that, where it was, like, the big high school graduation trip? Like, I didn't have this at all.
0: My family went to McDonald's once every three months and that was going out to dinner. Okay. A single lesbian mother of four children, I, Jillian. Right. How many times do I have to tell you? But in Boston. I had it, one pair of pants for all four years of high school. Well, there, oh, here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> but can I tell you a real story?
2: But did, did you know like kids did Of kids, course. Did, like kids did this? I didn't know anyone where like this is their life is what I'm trying to say.
0: We were so poor that there was a dumpster in our neighborhood okay. that was owned by a company called BFI mm-hmm. and there's a big BFI Eye sticker on it. Yeah, my sister's name is Becca, yeah. and the kids used to say that that stood for Becca's family inside. That's horrible. Kids are the worst. <laughs> You guys, if you're laughing right now, it's okay. We, my sister, Becca... Don't you laugh at that. (laughs) Don't you tell them that's okay. That's a bad precedent to set. We We don't bully on
2: this podcast. We were
0: like, we laugh at it now, but like Becca's family inside. That's how poor we were.
2: That is like one of them. That is horrible. Give me all their names. I know.
0: (laughs) Fucking terrible. But so to answer your question, no, I did not grow up like this.
3: And uh, they were booked at the Holiday Inn right on the beach. What I didn't realize was that uh, the drinking age and... Aruba is 18, so it was a big party from what I understand.
0: We learned that, like, the drinking age in Aruba is 18. That's why they're there. And the thing
2: is, regardless, you can have 150 chaperones. If this is the big graduation trip, bye-bye high school, hello college, they're going to find the booze.
0: I know. So it was a big party.
2: Yeah, it's the last night of vacation. Right. So they're at this place called Carlos and Charlie's, which is basically like, I was like, wait, that's like Senor Frog. It's a Senor Frog.
0: That's exactly what it is. It's like a fucking margarita joint where you know the karaoke is fucking terrible. Right.
3: When the club closed down at, say, 1 o'clock, Some of the group was going to go to another bar, and Natalie got in the car with three local boys. One of the kids said, Natalie, get out of the car. And I think she thought that she was going back to the hotel. And that is the last piece of the story that is verified to be true.
0: We find out that Natalie gets into a car with three local boys. And I just have like, what the actual fuck? Her friends let her get in the car? I mean... People shouldn't kill people. You know what I mean? That's very, yeah. So, number one, people shouldn't kill people. But, like, friends, when you go out to a bar together in a foreign country, can you all go together and leave together? I can know. we all not, like, let our friend get into a car? There is actually something to actually insisting that your friend doesn't do it.
2: Right. And it sucks because it's, like, these drunk 18-year-old girls, it's not
0: their job. Like, no. Like, just don't
2: murder people. Yeah. Everything about this is, like, ugh. I like, know. what are you supposed
0: to... It just makes me crazy. It's, like, stories like these become the cautionary tale for why people don't like do that anymore i know and it's so fucking sad
2: right so dave is saying that's the last part of the story that's verified to be true that natalie got into the car with these three local unknown boys yeah so now it's the next day and it's 11 a.m and natalie has missed her flight which is interesting because i'm like well to miss her flight people had to know that she wasn't back at the hotel room and right. that was a whole morning of like i just see like home alone when they're counting people right. and a
1: partridge in <laughs> a pear tree like
3: the news media picked up on the story almost immediately And within days, the island was overrun with cameras and media.
1: 18-year-old Natalie Holloway was with about 125 graduating seniors and adults on a five-day trip.
2: If, if you're going to have a trip of 100 teenage kids who just graduated high school and can't wait to party and go to college, yeah. you have. if you're going to be a chaperone, right. you have to do it right. You
0: know who'd be great at this? You. Not me, Steve Tipton.
2: Steve Tipton. Steve Tipton and has chaperoned. Clipboard and his Excel <laughs> spreadsheets, no question.
0: He excellent. has chaperoned every single field trip that Daisy has had since she's been in kindergarten. There's been like 40. Yeah. Steve is on every f- fucking one. He loves it. It. He could give a teacher training in chaperoning. I'm sure he's so good. He can see every little bastard kid that picks up a nail off the street. Steve's got it out of his hand in five seconds. Great, it's unreal. Picks up a nail. Can These it- kids, I'm telling you, <laughs> New York City kids in the public school. It is. It's. It's, it's love is a battlefield. Kids, how I know. Do you
2: guys, how do you parents do it <laughs> with the worrying every second of every day and then picking up nails in the street? Like, can you I know. give? I'm talking to to young me. Can you give the parents a break for five minutes? Can you let them have a good night's sleep for once?
0: So suspicion falls on the three boys that Natalie was last seen with.
3: Two brothers and a Dutch national. The son of a judge. 17-year-old Euron Bandersloot.
0: So June 1st, like a day later, the dad, of course, fucking drops everything and flies to Aruba.
2: Right. And so he gets, he goes right to the cops. Yeah. And they are not worried. No.
3: (laughs) The first thing came out of the police officer's mouth was, oh, she'll show up in a few days. That's usually what happens around here. She'll show up
0: we hear this all the time. Remember the Natalie Wood episode where it's like people don't return to the boats all the time she'll turn up. That's the most worrisome thing you could tell about. I know.
2: Which is young girls go missing all the time. She'll turn up (laughs) no worse for wear. Not even thinking about where was she? I know. What happened to her? I know. What trauma are we dealing with here? They don't care. So the the cops interviewed these three suspects. Yeah. the, The brothers and Vandersloot. And the boys say they took a ride around they picked up Natalie. Yeah. They took a ride around this lighthouse and then they dropped her off in the lobby at the Holiday Inn. However, security footage says otherwise it's like these
0: fucking dumb boys of course they don't think for one second about like oh there's gonna be security footage which is so
3: easily disproves their story
2: right because van Sloot, as the son of a judge like knows that no matter what happens he's gonna get off anyway because his dad's super powerful totally
3: the surveillance footage of the holiday inn was viewed and we found out that she did not return to the hotel
2: so they go back and they question them again and the boys can't get their story straight
0: and the dad natalie's dad finds this out when he gets the police reports god only knows how long later right, right, right. that like you know they've got the three boys in three different rooms they're giving sure. three different versions of the night that none of them add up and the cops were like "Ah, eh, close enough they let them go
3: they couldn't get their story straight so well, that tells you right there that they're the suspects any detective worth his salt would have broken those three kids.
0: They're the last person seen with Natalie. They lied about dropping her off. They can't get their story straight. These guys did it. Right. They know. Yeah, well, like, there shouldn't be a story to get straight. Exactly. Right? So now we are learning that, like, the word gets out that a pretty blonde white girl has gone missing yeah. in Aruba. The media descends. Right. In a way that it would not for any other kind of
3: person.
2: Right. Like, Nancy Grace is here. <laughs> right? Like, it's a whole thing.
3: The news media picked up on the story almost immediately. And within days, the island was overrun with cameras and media it was very stressful but luckily the media stayed by our side which brought in a lot of volunteers that wanted to help (laughs) but
2: we do this thing where we're jumping it's like three days missing all the search party starts at the sand dunes yeah then we just jump like suddenly it's 18 days missing and this 18 days later the three boys are actually arrested that's 18 days of like the fancy pants judge calling in favors 18 days of them actually getting a story straight a lot can go down in 18 days
3: why would you wait 18 days to arrest your primary suspects. The more Aruba police tripped up and made obvious mistakes, the more the national media seized on it and uh, it eventually became a nightly broadcast from Aruba on what was going on that day, and more and more things started coming up that just didn't sound right.
0: So here's what I want to say. Immediately, we're being told that Vandersloot, whose dad is the judge, like, he went to the judge, and the judge has all this time to, like, come up with a story and and call in the favors and call his friends. Is there any thought that the judge wouldn't do that? Like, if Daisy came to me and was like, Dad, I accidentally killed this person. What do I do? I'd be like, well, I don't know. Let's go to the cops and have the... Like, let's figure this out together with the police. Like, why are we automatically assuming that the dad is garbage?
2: Um, because he is. Okay.
0: <laughs> but do we know
2: that? Like... Yeah. Okay, we do? Yeah. Have you watched more? Um, I watched the second one and I gave some gooks. Okay. <laughs>
0: So the, the dad is garbage. Okay, good to know.
2: So while, while Joran, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. While Joran is locked up, like all these tips are pouring in, right? right. Which is what, ha- it's like the bad part of having all these eyes on a case. It's like everyone wants to be involved. Everyone saw something and these tips can be nothing. But they, as a parent, Dave is thinking the, ki- the tips could be something. So yeah. they can potentially waste a lot of time, but they can potentially lead to finding Natalie.
0: Right. So now it's 28 days missing and they're searching a pond. Oh, we went over this the Aaron Hernandez thing, I do not like this idea of searching ponds.
2: No, but they're looking for Joran's missing sneaker.
1: Searchers are still keeping an eye out for a sneaker. A witness claims lead suspect, Joran Bandersloot, was missing one the night he supposedly walked out of this pond covered in mud. You're
0: walking home in the middle of the night for some reason and you're like, is that Joran, the judge's kid? Like, can With you imagine? one shoe on. Right.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> like he's the swamp thing. But like what? This is one of those bad tips. Right. <laughs> because then we kind of get almost like a montage of just, like, all the leads that went nowhere. Yeah. And the days are just piling up. I
0: mean, the other thing is, all of these leads, because the media has descended on this little island, every lead is really followed up on. So they find this, like, this duct tape with a piece of long blonde hair. They give it a DNA test. That's crazy. Yeah, and it doesn't match. It doesn't match. They search a landfill, and the dad says to us, like, There was a low point, a very, very low point having to dig for your daughter in a garbage dump that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. It hit me like a piano, like you said yeah. once.
2: <laughs> because the thing is, and this happens in every missing person or any any case, really. Like, the best news is that, like, on that day they find his daughter's body in a landfill. I know. Is that the good news here? Like, he wants answers. Yeah. But it, when you say it out loud, you're like, this is an, an actual nightmare that this man is family. I know, I know. Family.
0: And there's no fucking answers. No and answers. I keep thinking, like, I don't know what this man does for a living, but thank God he obviously has the means to just, like, relocate to Aruba for all of this.
2: Right. So... And and, and the thing is, like, can we just go back to Van der Sloot for a minute? Yeah. So Paulus is Joran's dad. Yeah, right? And he's judge. training to be a judge. But the police commissioner, Jan van der Stratton, is his godfather. Right. So now we hear from Dave, the dad, he's like, look.
3: Their thought pattern is, is just going to ruin our tourism if we find a dead body on the island? And so essentially it appeared to be a cover up from the beginning.
2: The tourism to be ruined. If See, there's a dead body on the island, says Dave.
0: I guess that makes sense to me. I just don't understand. Like, I don't get it. If my daughter came to me and said she killed a guy, we turn you in and we get this sorted out. Like, do you? Yes, a mil- There's no part of me that if Daisy killed somebody would love her any less, and there's no part of me that would try to cover that up. That's insane. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> but the, like the, Daisy's like, oh, tell Aunt Jillian if I ever kill somebody. <laughs> Now I know who I'm going to I'm a very good secret (laughs) keeper Is all I'm saying
2: But it's all over the news That the police in Aruba Are doing absolutely nothing To help the case Are they doing anything To investigate this case As far as you can see
4: As far as we can see In Aruba Absolutely nothing
3: they want this case to go away at all costs. They don't want to do anything. They're not doing anything. And they're just hoping that it would go away.
2: And so in Aruba, apparently, it's up to the prosecutor to get what they call additional information. And if the prosecutor doesn't find this additional information, then the suspect or suspects is set free.
3: And no new evidence was presented. So on September the 3rd, 2005, they let him go. Bjorn was... The last person seen with my daughter, he knows what happened, and now he's free and clear. I mean, I was beat down, but, you know, there's nothing I could do about it.
0: God, every time we cover a case where it's, like, some foreign country, like, it, their laws seem very strange to me. We
2: have some not great ones. <laughs> yeah, that's Just true. to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's It's very- <laughs> all pretty bad. <laughs> We have a lot of state-by-state bullshit Uh that I'm uh too fond of. The whole
0: electric chair thing. That whole thing, the death
2: penalty thing. Yeah, Yeah. the electoral college is what I thought you were going to (laughs) say, which I agree with. So the thing is, like, the prosecutor who has, like, Aruba's interest, like, the state, essentially, just doesn't present new evidence and then, like, helps this case go away, according to Dave the Dad.
0: Right. Yeah, I, it would be nice if we heard somebody from the uh, like Aruba Police Department who had like any counter argument to this. Mm-hmm. I'd be open to that. I'd be interested. Yeah, in that information. So the dad says, and this is the thing that like that makes me so sad and scared. The dad says, like over the years we've pursued any and all leads. Yeah, like in the water, on the land, she's in the sex trade. Like this island, by the way, is like seven by twenty. It's not. She's it's on small, there right? somewhere. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Natalie Holloway is missing for ninety six days, and Joran is released from custody because the prosecution just like got bored with it and fell asleep or
0: whatever
1: yeah
2: so that was 2005 right 10 years later in 2015
0: oh 10 years goes by I cannot imagine it's
2: 2015 out of the clear blue sky Dave gets a phone call (laughs) from some guy named Gabriel yeah and Gabe is like girl are you sitting down like sit down because I'm living with someone who knows Joran and this guy knows a lot about the case and this bit will not stop talking about it oh and he knows where Natalie's remains are so call me back bye beep wait. gets cut off by the voicemail so wait a minute and I thought
3: oh my gosh this could be it we could finally get justice for Natalie
2: and I'm like, hell of a time for a commercial break, Oxygen.
0: Yeah, and, and then when we come back from the commercial break, we, like, don't immediately pick that story back up. We're back in 2007, what? 906 days missing. I know, and, like, this is where we hear about crab traps. And we're going to hear from the dad eventually that his working active theory was that she was murdered and then put in a crab trap Aww. out in the ocean to be Aww. disposed of.
1: A sonar-equipped ship is searching the Reuben waters for any sign of Natalie Holloway. Well, they found something. A piece of fabric inside a crab trap. The FBI laboratory in the United States tested the fabric to see if it matched Nellie Holloway's blouse. But they say it's not a match. This case is so high
0: profile. Yeah. The media is still all over the case so much. They find this little piece of fabric and they test it and it's not her. But whose is it?
2: <laughs> I'm hoping
0: that's I'm, a very good question I'm it's Maura Murray's it's for sure Maura Murray's
2: that this is a situation where someone was lifting the crab trap up and a crab <laughs> got their shirt and then it just ended up in the crab trap because if that is a working theory right. I'm thinking did is there someone else's murder we should be investigating also <laughs>
0: oh my like, why god why is there a
2: fabric in a crab trap I have to hope that a little <laughs> crab went yep and then that's how the fabric got there I, that's how I'm going to sleep it
0: yeah night. yep I'm gonna go with everyone, that everyone
2: good luck li- you can, you can you borrow this theory if you like but I'm going to sleep tonight by thinking that it was a little crab and then got the
0: fabric <laughs> They also at 1992 days missing, they find a jawbone and they test that and it's not her.
2: And at 1758 days missing, a possible skeleton is found.
0: Yeah, and it's like they somebody shows them a picture of this like location in the water that looks like maybe it could be human remains. They are truly investigating every fucking lead.
2: And nothing goes anywhere. Yeah. It's just
0: it's just dead ends. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys. Vandersloot, his dad dies. Paulus, yeah, the the judge, he drops dead on a tennis court. A heart Teach you attack. for going out and doing some exercising. Look,
2: remember that time I ate a vegetable sandwich and ended up in the hospital with food poisoning? I tried. I tried.
3: So Joran did not have that support that he once had. His father protected him throughout all this time. But after he died of a heart attack, Joran, with the use of drugs and alcohol and the partying, he was kind of out of control.
2: His dad dies, and Joran's response is to just, like, party out of control. Now, people deal with grief in their own way. Yeah. And I'm saying that sincerely. Sometimes you think, like, I just got to get out of my—I got to party and do whatever. But Joran takes it a, in a—we re- don't agree with how he does that. No. I'm going to judge his grief in this moment.
0: Yeah. And, and this
2: is in 2010.
0: Right. Jordan then also this fucking garbage human. Yeah, yeah. He calls an attorney in New York and says that for $250,000 from the Holloway family, he'll tell them where her remains are.
2: He calls Beth Natalie's birth mother. He calls her lawyer.
3: This is without a doubt among the cruelest, most sickening of schemes. Jordan Vandersloh trying to profit from a mother's grief.
1: He gave an agent posing as a family representative a location that later turned out to be false. He has since been indicted on extortion and wire fraud.
0: They pay the money. They paid him first. Like, they paid him up front. $250,000 And they And then he leads them to, like, a completely bogus place. He, like, does not lead them to the body.
2: Right, so now he's indicted
0: on extortion and wire fraud. Yeah, but he in Aruba, but before anything can happen, like he goes to jail or whatever, he flees the country with the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and goes to Peru and blows it all on partying in like a week. Yeah, as this section was happening, I was like, "What?" Yeah, because th- then I, I, I get you. It, we're not done yet, you guys.
2: While he's partying and blowing all this, like this blood money, really essentially yeah. that he like convinced this family to give him, he murders an innocent woman.
1: Breaking news out of Lee. Peru, where police say Joran Vandersloot has confessed to killing a
2: woman there last week, reportedly after she looked up information on his computer about Natalie
0: Holloway. So he meets this woman. Her name is Stephanie Flores. He meets her in Peru. They're in his hotel room or whatever. And somehow she finds out that he's connected to the Natalie Holloway case. Right. And probably because she's like, who is the stranger whose room I'm in? I'm, let me give him a goog while he's in the bathroom. And like,
2: Vandersloot, you want to look at, like, that's a name that you're like, what the what?
0: Right. <laughs> so she looks him up real quick and then I guess she like has access to his computer. She gets on his computer to look up stuff about Natalie Holloway. He fucking kills her for it.
2: It's insane. Like
0: and in the moment. She's on the computer and he kills
3: her he in kills the moment. in
2: that hotel room. Yeah. And it's crazy because like the news of this breaks five years to the day of Natalie going missing.
3: When I first heard about Stephanie Flores' murder, I thought to myself, I knew he was going to do this uh, again. And I'm not the one who points fingers in the blame game and stuff. But, uh, you know, Aruba had their shot. They had an opportunity to arrest him right after the extortion money. And then he fled the island and, and now he's murdered uh, another girl.
0: So just so we're all on the same page. He mm-hmm. obviously killed Natalie Holloway. Absolutely. She was on to him. Stephanie and was. Found some evidence on his computer. So he kills her. He
2: kills her. So... Then we're back to this John Ludwig guy. Yeah.
0: What we learn is that this John guy has become best friends with J- Joran, Joran, right. whatever his name is. Sure.
3: After Paulus died of a heart attack, Joran relied on this guy by the name of John Ludwig as his main source of support
0: so Jorn in peru goes to jail he gets accused of this murder and i guess found guilty sure and so this guy john is now on nancy grace being interviewed about it
1: defending vandersloot
0: it's unreal and guess who guess who's not here for it
1: <laughs> me and nancy grace I, john Ludwig, friend of jorn vandersloot john thank you for being with us you're a friend of jorn Vandersloot's. are you surprised that he's actually pled guilty to murder
4: well, he really didn't have a choice in this situation, uh, so I'm just hoping put, put for the up. best.
1: Well, what do you mean he didn't have a choice?
4: I mean, even I can't dispute the evidence. He obviously murdered her. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't provoked, and he, I believe he did have post-traumatic stress syndrome. But
1: What do you I mean, hope- provoked? You think Stephanie Toshiana provoked Jorn Vandersloot into murdering her? What do you mean by that?
4: I do believe so. If she got the email uh, and figured out he was involved in Natalie's stuff, she should have just immediately left the room and not confronted him.
1: What? How did that provoke him? That she said, "Whoa, are you the one that uh, people believe killed Natalie?" How did that provoke him into murder?
4: uh, It enraged him, obviously. So uh, she she shouldn't have done that. I don't believe she shouldn't have
1: done that. Okay. John Ludwig, no offense, but do, do, you, do you realize how crazy you sound right now that she basically deserved the murder because she said, whoa, you're the guy they suspect that murdered Natalie Holloway? That she shouldn't have said anything. That it's her fault. She didn't leave the hotel room. No. I have to tell you, you guys, you, like there are
2: moments where it pains. Me. Like I, I agree with her a hundred percent on what she's saying here. Yeah, I also watched this full clip. This I- full clip is bananas. <laughs> But John is on Nancy Grace saying, look, obviously he murdered her, okay? We're just hoping for the
0: best. Right, because Nancy Grace is like, are you surprised that he pleaded guilty? And John's like, well, he didn't have much of a choice because he definitely did it.
2: Super murdered her. So he's like, we're hoping for the best. And he's basically like, come on, 10 years or less. Woo! Like, let's... (laughs) And so let's just pause there. Yeah, we, we get back to this. We
0: will. We're coming. Put a pin in this, you guys. Because
2: this is just a little context. Like, thank you, Oxygen. Like, here's who John is. Here's yes. who we're working with. Yeah. with This John character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now we're back to Gabriel, that guy who called Dave the dad out of the clear blue sky. Yeah, he
0: called Natalie's dad and was like, "Yo, I'm living with this crazy guy who knows all about your daughter's murder." You guys, it's John. It's
2: Nancy Grace John. It's,
1: it's Nancy Grace
2: John. <laughs> so then Dave is like, "I gotta get my P.I.T.J. on this. Yeah, we gotta get him in touch with Gabriel. Here. Yeah, this is crazy." So then. Now we really meet T.J. Ward.
3: My name is T.J. Ward. I'm a licensed private investigator here in the state of Georgia, and I've been doing it for 36 years. In July of 2005, I commenced an investigation after being hired by the Holloway family to try to find their daughter, Natalie Holloway. I haven't stopped working on it for going on 12 years now, and I won't give up. Dave Holloway is family to me. Do
0: you think he loves being a PI? That's
3: a real question I wrote.
0: Super loves it. (laughs) This guy's got style. He's got, like, a stylish office. He drinks whiskey at work. I, I love him. Because, <laughs> you know, like, you see the New York PIs, and they're all, like, stained shirts, drinking yesterday's coffee, sitting in their dirty cars. This oh, guy, who are they? All? They're all, like, Sipowitz from a White <laughs> Blue. That's exactly right. <laughs> but we see this guy, TJ, he's got this fancy office. Well,
2: he's based out of Georgia. I know.
0: So. He's been doing this for thirty-five years, you guys. This
2: gigantic like beautiful wooden desk and like, everything is I just know. like like vent like a fifties PI totally he looks like a million bucks. This is when he has the basically empty glass of bourbon yeah. on the table. <laughs> TJ, Loving you. So February 7th, 2017, Dave, the dad, heads down to Tampa, Florida to meet up with Gabe for the first time ever. So just for the record, up to this point, everything that Gabriel has told Dave, TJ does what he does. Yeah, he vetted
0: it. Gabriel seems legit.
2: So TJ's like, yes, let's move forward with the Gabe thing.
0: Yeah, so we're in Tampa with TJ, the PI, and Dave, the dad, and they're in this like warehouse waiting for Gabriel to show up. Yeah, it's
2: very like, oxygen, (laughs) we see you, girl. I know. We get
0: it, we get it. And then it was like- Oh he's late Is he not coming Like what's happening All of a sudden he shows up
2: It's 20 minutes of like I'm tense Are you tense It's pretty (laughs) tense What time is it The swelling music And then suddenly Gabriel's here
5: I'm a father of two daughters I feel obligated To solve this I want to help
0: Girl, I hope that's true. I hope that we're not going to find out that there is, like, some shitty ulterior motive here.
2: Yeah, and also, I'm kind of, I'm sick of this whole, like, you don't have to have a daughter to know that this sucks. Totally. You know totally. what I mean? If you have information, just come forward. Like, if I could help, I would help. I'm yeah. not a mother. But I'd st- <laughs> I know enough.
0: So, here's the deal. Gabriel is relaying to us the story that John told him. John and Joran, the guy that killed Natalie, are friends. Right. Here is John's story that John told to Gabriel. Right. And Gabriel is telling to us. Right. John became friends with Joran, the murderer, because he, like, bumped into him one night, and he had seen him on TV, and he literally says, like, hey, you're the guy that's, like, accused of that murder. Let's hang out. And apparently, overnight, these two idiots are best fucking
5: friends. Right. And then they stop partying. So as Amanda's is getting more comfortable and more comfortable with him, he starts opening up to John. Uh, John said that he went ahead and told him what happened to Natalie.
2: And so Gabriel goes on to say that according to John, Joran told him the whole story of how they picked up Natalie and out of nowhere, Natalie starts foaming at the mouth. Right. And also, I'm just like real quick, um, oxygen, like I hope Dave was like prepped for
0: this because I know we're watching this dad get all of this horrible information about his daughter's death
2: and Gabriel is almost it's like there's a ticking clock and he's trying to get all the information out right away right. because Gabriel <laughs> is not subtle or warm about this
5: at all John said that Vandersloot goes we I, I took two drinks I told the bartender give me two drinks so but fix it good
3: yarn vandersloot admits that he served Natalie a drink. And I think it was a, a, a spiked drink with GHB, which is a date rape drug.
5: So then they go down the beach. Vandis said that as he was trying to kiss her, she started foaming in the mouth because she was overdosing. He panicked. He didn't even put her in a side roller over or nothing. She actually choked on her own vomit. he
2: describes things that he heard from John I mean truly horrible brutal things happening to Dave's daughter Natalie yeah with no sense of I think this is gonna be really hard and it's not all in the editing right Gabriel's whole vibe is very like so then they killed her and then it's like I know know. girl you have to soften this because if Dave wasn't prepped for this in any way this is super traumatizing totally so Gabriel says look like Jordan couldn't wake up Natalie
0: yeah and so Gabriel says like he didn't actually kill her when she she was foaming at the mouth she choked on her own vomit so Joran freaks out and calls his dad the
5: judge he panics he calls his dad his dad comes he's very pissed off he looks at her he goes oh my god she's dead he goes. All right, wait here. I'm going back to the house. He goes and picks up a burlap.
0: He gets a burlap sack, and <sighs> then this is fucking brutal. Yes, Natalie God. doesn't like fit all the way in this the sack. Is so
5: bad. I know they
0: have to like mess her up a little bit to get her into the sack. They take her and they bury her in a national park under a cactus. Like that. That's how that story ends. That
2: yeah. This is that's the story. Yeah. So then, like one day, apparently Joran gets John. He calls up Nancy Grace. John.
5: One day, Van Dessau says, "Look, John." You know, I'm in deep trouble. They're going to find the body. Can you help me out? And what made him think that? Because you guys were getting close. All the searches, because you guys didn't stop. And Vanna said, look, I'm going to give you $1,500 to move the body. I'm going to write up a little map, and I'm going to tell you where it's at.
2: And what's weird, though, is like, so John scrawny John goes like and he's like yep for absolutely best friend of mine that I've known for a little bit apparently the story goes that he goes and digs up Natalie by himself Uh uh-huh she was only three feet underground yeah and then John by himself puts the burlap sack in his aunt's car I
5: (laughs) I said so what did you do he goes well I went ahead and opened the bag when I put it in inside my aunt's car So he puts it in the back, put the bones, he opens the bag, he goes, you know, all the bones were just brownish, moldy, and there was two inches of just black, like lard from the body when it decays on the bottom of the burlap. And her hair was there, blonde hair, and all the bones.
2: No, I'm just I'm just talking like to be a realist here, this is a a traumatizing, horrible thing, but like you can't do that by yourself.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's totally true. You can't
2: do that by yourself.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And so the story that we're told is that John knows somebody at the crematorium or whatever, at like the funeral home, Uh, and they take Natalie's body to the to this place, they cremate her, and then they go and they dump the ashes at low tide. Yeah. Which is just fucking horrifying because it's like, well, now they'll never find her. So the dad at the end of this, the dad and Gabriel are talking and Gabriel is saying
5: like, look. There should be DNA evidence at the grave in the uh, National Forest and... The aunt's car.
0: Where they buried the body, there would still be enough DNA, like genetic material, of her in that place for you to be able to prove that she had been there. Mm -hmm. So you guys need to go out there and do the testing. And you could probably also test in the back of John's aunt's car, the car that he used, and find DNA of Natalie there. 'Cause everyone's
2: car is filthy for ten years. I know. <laughs> or she still has the car. There's I know. just a lot of reaching here.
0: I totally agree, but like it's sort of like good enough for the dad.
2: Well, because like after this, so like that's the story, right? Yeah. And after the meeting, Dave watches a bunch of videos that Gabriel took of John.
0: Yeah.
3: After I met with Gabriel, I went back to my hotel room to do some research on this guy, John Ludwig. Gabriel had sent me a bunch of videos that he had filmed of John at their home to document the story uh, of what John has told a number of times. In one of them, it shows John watching a rerun of an interview he did on Nancy Gray's show Talking about his friendship with Jorn Vandersloot. And I couldn't believe my eyes.
2: We have to talk about this for an hour. You guys. I'm
0: so disturbed by this. I mean, I just have, oh my God, Hammer John Ludwig in his hotel room screaming at a video of himself on Nancy Grace to break it down. This is him talking to Nancy Grace on the show.
1: You're a friend of Jorn Vandersloot's. Are you surprised that he's actually pled guilty to murder?
0: Well, he really didn't have a choice in
4: this situation. Uh, So I'm just hoping for the best.
1: Well, what do you mean he didn't have a choice?
4: I mean, even I can't dispute the evidence. He obviously murdered her. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't provoked, and he, I believe he did have post-traumatic stress syndrome, but.
0: Now this is him hammered in this video, screaming at this video of him on the show.
4: But how did that prevent her? Exact. I just fucking said it. She finds out he's involved by some goddamn email, she claims, and fucking stays there and slaps him around? How dare she put her hands on him to make him even take it to that level? There's no excuse. There's no fucking excuse, and don't try to make one for her.
2: And what he's saying, if yeah. it's a little confusing, on the hammered video that Gabriel took, yeah, he's basically saying that like Stephanie asked for it. She made him kill her. She shouldn't have been snooping around. She, she shouldn't deserved have asked so many- it. And what he says is like, how dare she put her hands on him to make him take it to the next level? Yeah, my friends, this is toxic masculinity at work. <laughs>
1: This is he yeah.
2: the victim blaming and he's ranting and raving. and Gabriel isn't pushing him. Gabriel isn't asking any questions. This is John, yeah, with a lot of fucked up shit coming out of his mouth. Yeah, hat like weirdly watching himself on Nancy Grace. She should
4: rot in her grave. In her over what she did to my guy putting him in jail for all these years I should piss on her fucking grave
0: and the point of this is to show us like alright Dave that Natalie's dad is obviously gonna pursue this lead about John but this is the kind of character we're dealing with right? this fucking crazy guy who's hammered screaming at himself on the TV this is the nightmare monster of a human that we're about to be dealing with
2: yes and then we go back to like the official like the Nancy Grace footage from the episode yeah because then she's all of us this you guys I don't care what we think about Nancy Grace yeah. you agree with her in this moment because she's like get him a cut.
1: Mike, get him up. I don't want to look at him anymore. And I'm like, yes. You know what? Cut his mic. John Ludwig, I reserve this for very, very few, few people, but you, sir, are a fool. And what you have said sets... Victims' rights back Maybe a couple of hundred years Take him off the screen I don't want to look at him anymore Because what
2: (laughs) she's saying Is like You can't victim blame And defend your friend The murderer girl Not on my watch And I'm like Nancy (laughs) Why aren't you like this All the time I know I know I know Like what happened I know Like, now I'm thinking, what's the Scott Peterson timeline here? Because right. we know Scott Peterson broke Nancy Grace. But that's a moment where then you're like, shit, like, I see why people like her. Yeah. Because when she does shit like this, you feel, like, empowered. Like, totally. she's not going to let give you airtime for this bullshit. Right, But then right. she does some other horrible things. So right. it's like, Nancy, girl, you make it really hard. I try. I right. don't know what, like, I'm going to, where credit's due, I give it. I have to give her credit there. But then she tries, then she's garbage in other ways. Right. I don't know how to think about it.
0: Yes, you do. We I hate do. Nancy Grace.
2: Yeah, don't, don't fear monger don't do no! that sometimes people are innocent nancy right. oh i'm back it feels good to be back she did that one nice thing that one time okay we're on we're on next <laughs>
0: Much for checking out this episode, you guys. To hear the other five ad-free episodes of the disappearance of Natalie Holloway, head over to our Patreon feed. That is where you can also find our episode-by-episode coverage of the Tiger King, Don't F with Pats, The Jinx, Making a Murderer, and so many more. It's over 140 ad-free full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. Head to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website and click the Patreon link. Alright, you guys, we love you. Bye. Wild Grain is the sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up. I
2: have been dying to talk about this. So wild grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required.
0: What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve, Steve is a bready. That's me. When we got our wild grain box, Steve tore, actually, Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds. And you've been dying to talk about this for a week. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Julian's like signed up for this for life.
2: Yeah, Mike made, I'm not kidding, my hand took, I swear. Yesterday, <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little hungry. Like, a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had. And I'm like, we have to order more, because <gasps> I don't know how we're going to survive without it.
0: So, fam, you can fully customize your wild grain bottle so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it.
2: That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription.
0: You heard her. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO. That's wildgrain.com
2: slash TCO. Or you can use promo code TCO at checkout.